0: For Chicago, this has to feel good to win a close game. Yeah, overcoming that disaster in the previous game, so this should give them some momentum as these teams will do it again in a couple of days. That'll be Wednesday night. Levine, 10 points in the fourth quarter, 20 for the game, and that'll do it. Disappointing loss tonight. All right.
1: The Knicks lose. Man. That was frustrating. That was not. That was frustrating. All right. Uh, yeah. Knicks lose this one by final score of one ten to one oh two. Easily the most frustrating loss of the season for me, at least. I don't actually even really know what what comes close. They haven't. They've had losses, but they haven't had a ton of frustrating losses. The Cleveland loss was frustrating in the way that went down but this was different because this was um this was frank this was uh, frustrating in in a number of different ways uh it was frustrating in the fact that they came out sloppy to begin the game not sloppy they were they as breen was saying he he put it well they were not crisp to begin the game um it was frustrating in that Julius Randall and I, I'm I'm not about to sit here and complain about Julius Randall who's been the only reason this team has won any games this year but um you know he took the the matchup with Laurie Markin a little bit too personally it seemed and reverted into some of his less than desirable tendencies at times I mean he was also you know put up a great stat line and was ultimately more more helpful than than harmful but um there was a lot of stuff from Randall that you 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 know you'd like to have back including the that last turnover there Um, it was, it was frustrating by the fact that they came out in the third quarter, not ready to play. Not that it, again, not, I shouldn't say not ready to play. They, again, they weren't crisp to begin the third quarter. And then second unit comes in, gets it close, uh, quickly stays out there with the starters. They make their run. Um, the defense is playing. I thought the defense for, you know, most of the fourth quarter was, as good a defense with a couple of notable exceptions, most obviously the one where Noel completely lost track of uh, Daniel Gafford on the pick and roll. Um, other than a couple of possessions, I thought their defense in the fourth quarter was, was as well as anything. They've played this year. And then they had, I don't know how many opportunities to, to kind of go ahead and, and it felt like put that game, not put it away, but like, you know, win the game. I don't know, four, five, six opportunities. And just couldn't convert. I mean, they were where they end up going tonight from three. Five of twenty-nine was that their final stat line from three-point? Um, yeah, six of twenty-nine. Excuse me. I thought it was five, but okay, that's fine. Uh, so they ended up six of of twenty-nine um, from from three. I mean, the numbers for this game did not speak even remotely to a game that you are supposed to win. They were six of 29 from three. They assisted on 21 baskets to the bulls. 30. They shot 43% from the field to the bulls. 48. They uh, obviously the three point shooting was, was terrible. Um, It's just, it wasn't a game they were supposed to win. But at the same time, it was absolutely a game they were supposed to win because if there's one thing that I come away from this game feeling very strongly, it's that the Knicks are a better team than the Bulls, which is not something I thought before the season. And it's not, I'm not even sure that's something I thought before this game. But after watching this game, I could say unequivocally, the Knicks are a better team than the Bulls. They have more guys that will make winning plays when it counts. They have Randall. they have Burks, or I don't know why I mentioned Burks second, but they have Barrett, they have Quickly, we're going to get to Quickly. Um, they have Burks, I thought Burks played a good game. Um, Noel, my God, what an uneven game from Noel. I mean, I get I get why Tom Thibodeau had him out there. They were, he was trying to trap a little bit more to, because um, clearly the Bulls were getting everything they wanted on the pick and roll, so Tibbs was showing high more. Um, early in the possession, and it was actually jamming up what the Bulls wanted to do, and it, it flustered them for most of the fourth quarter, and Noel is better than that at Mitch, and I get that, but at the same time, you know, Noel is not the rebounder that Mitchell Robinson is. He's not the lob threat that Mitchell Robinson is. He is not the, um, and this is crazy to say, I don't even think he's the decision maker that Mitch Robinson is because he didn't come out on that final three-pointer. Um, but I get it. Um, I get it. Uh, I, I'm sure there will be some critiques after this game. Um, let's see, uh, I'll, I'll start going to the comments, Raphael, uh, Burgess, Burgess, vets can make infinite mistakes and the young, uh, and the young core gets pulled after one mistake. I mean, look, you could, you could tune on, you could tune into literally any game in the NBA and you're going to see the same shit. Coaches are going to rely on their vets because their vets are going to make more correct plays than rookies um did obi Toppin get a quick hook after a couple minutes yes but i think when we talk about the the top in quick hooks i think we have to talk about them in the context of the fact that he's getting a quick hook for julius randall and julius randall has been again playing at an all-star level am i going to kill Tibbs for for only getting top in how many minutes did he get i'm guessing what eight nine uh 847 six okay no i'm not going to kill him for that um rj barrett ended up playing 30 minutes i saw some people on twitter commenting that he could have put barrett into the game earlier i think he was just trying to get more shooting on the floor did it work no should he have put it put barrett out there earlier i mean i don't know you know he wasn't barrett was ended up over three from deep he was seven of 17 from the floor um whatever I, again that's not something i'm going to kill tibbs about if you want to kill him about it you could feel free I'm i'm not going to um, and then, of course, the starting point guard situation. So final tally tonight, Alfred Payton, 17 minutes and 41 seconds. Emmanuel quickly, 30 minutes and 19 seconds. So essentially what we have now and what what I would expect moving forward um, is you're going to have Emmanuel quickly playing starters minutes off the bench unless Peyton comes out and has a really good game in the first quarter or the third quarter, I guess, I suppose. Um, which again, they they're not doing this because they think it's the best way to win games this season. If they, you if you have ever watched basketball before, And if you turned on that game in the first half and you watch the minutes that Alfred Payton was guiding that team, and then you watch the minutes Emmanuel quickly was guiding that team. It's night and day. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not comparable. You know, this is comparing forget apples to oranges. This is comparing apples to rocks. Um, that's not why Emmanuel quickly isn't starting. Emmanuel quickly is not starting because they want to get him reps on the ball. Um, Dictating the offense, not deferring to Randall, not deferring to RJ, because right now, when he's out there with Randall and RJ at the same time, there it's it's good because it's their best lineup. But I, I don't know if if we're if we were to see that most of the time for quickly, is that what is best for his development long term? I'm not so sure. So you could kill them for it. You could give them credit for. Um, doing the thing that, in the big picture, is probably the better the better thing to do. But at the end of the day, if Emmanuel quickly was starting, he'd only be playing about thirty minutes, and he played thirty minutes tonight. So again, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure that's the reason that you could point to that they lost the game. I think the reason they lost the game is because they played their most intense outing of the season yesterday. It was a day ago. They left it all on the court against the Clippers. They gave that team everything they had and then some. And they came out tonight and they played you know one of their more uneven performances of the night, which sucked because again they were they are better than that team um and and they should have won that game even though they you know gave up a thousand points to Laurie mark and and all that stuff but I mean what can you do um so I'm gonna go to the chat and uh take about ten minutes worth of questions i I just I'm like. I'm so I'm thats that's that's one of those ones where oh God, what a frustrating fucking loss. All right, um what do we have here? None of our bigs understand what to do when it's time to rotate to the open man, and what's funny is they'll be directing others when their man is open. That's a good comment. um thank you for that. Um, I don't disagree. Um, I think our our bigs can rotate better. I think Noel gets lost on rotation sometimes. I think Mitch is better than he has been in the past, considering that they're asking him to do more. I'm more forgiving of Mitch because he's whatever he is, 22 years old, and, and Noel is is kind of what he is at this point. He's 26, um, you know. But that's essentially that's a way to ask for more Taj Gibson because if you get more Taj Gibson in the game, um, you're definitely going to get the the, the spot on rotations. Is that really what we want? I don't know. Uh, I but, but again, you're okay with it if it's Mitch because he's learning on the fly. So um, Bud- Bullock shouldn't play over Knox from Zach Santos. Um, we're getting to that point with Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock tonight was – did he make a shot? I feel like he – did he make one shot? He made one shot. One. Uno. One wave Uh He was one for seven. That's not – that's not – that's not what you want. Uh, he was zero for four from three. Um, he's he has he has not been good. Reggie Bullock has been bad. Uh, I don't know how else to say he's been. I think if you want to point, if you want to say that Tibbs is overrating his defense, I'll I'll hear you out on that. I do think his defense has been solid. Is it enough to give him the, the nod for minutes over Knox? Over Frank. Uh, you know, this is the same question you could ask about Alfred Payton at this point, which I at some point they 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 owe it to to, to Nilakina, I feel like, to give him a chance, either at the small forward position or the or the point guard position, because you know, there's just enough guy like it's Bullock, it's Payton, they're they're not playing great. But Tibbs is watching these guys in practice every day. He knows what he's seeing. I, I still cannot get on here and rant and rave about a coach who has this team nine and 13 when this team had no business being nine and 13. But, but at some point, you know, you, I can, I can sit here and make that argument at nine and 13. It's tougher for me to make that argument at like 10 and 16 or 11 and 18. So, you know, we're not there yet, but at some point, you know, the, the critiques of the decision-making become more valid. It's a give and take situation. That's that's all I'm going to tell you. All right, can we talk about something good now? Um, Brooklyn Belly reminds me because I've gone 12 minutes without talking about the most important thing in this game, which is um, Emmanuel Quickly's performance. So, I, at between it's either Quickly or Barrett every night, gives you so much hope as a Knicks fan moving forward. And if if we if we all take a step back off the ledge which is very tough for me. <laughs> and I know it's tough for, for, for all of you. Cause you're crazy like me. Cause you're sitting here and watching me talk about this fucking frustrating loss at 11 o'clock at night, whatever it is. Um, but we need to take a step back off the ledge and realize again, they struck gold here. Um, they really struck gold with this kid um i i don't know how else to say it. man some people are hard on the chat on tips like dude what what do you people want <laughs> he took this dog shit lineup and he has the 9 and 13 they have a top 10 defense and they're playing respectable basketball i'm sorry i have to go say this real quick what did you want how do you really seriously like go on a rant and say Tibbs sucks they were picked to win 22 and a half games He has them playing hard every night. They've been in literally every game in the fourth quarter. One game against the Denver Nuggets, who, by the way, have been playing as well as anyone for the last several weeks. That's the only game they were out of in the fourth quarter. And you really want to get on tips and say tips doesn't know what he's doing? Come on. Fine, you want to nitpick about the rotation shit, but, like, you take the good with the bad. He has them playing hard. He has them playing competent. He has them in sound schemes that mix well with the personnel that they have. What else do you want the man to do? I'm sorry that he doesn't cross every T and dot every I to your liking, but please, have you not watched the coaches that have come through this city in the last 20 years? You want to get Jeff fucking Hornacek back here? You want to get uh, what was the shit bag we had before him? Um, I can't even remember his name, the point guard for the Lakers. My God, um, or or Fizz or uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like, come on, people. Derek Fisher, thank you. I'm sorry. I, J, J, this gets me frustrated. This gets me mad at our fans. Like, be happy with what you have. We got a real coach. This is, a, this is what a real coach looks like, and this is what a real coach team looks like, because you want to see what a not real coach team looks like? Either turn on tape for most of the last 20 years, or watch a half dozen of the other teams that don't know what the fuck they're doing on any given night in the NBA. It's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to want him to do different things, but to come in a place like this and be like, Tibbs is lost and he's an old man and he doesn't know what he's doing. Come on. That makes us look stupid as Nick fans. Cause every other person watching the NBA looks at this situation and be like, "Holy God!"
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Andrew Wiggins. Someone just mentioned the Timberwolves. Andrew Wiggins just went on the podium. Of, 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 this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll get there quickly. Went on the podium last week he spent his whole career with the Timberwolves before he went to the Warriors. And, and he was trying to put it so delicately. And finally he had to come out and be like, this place is organized. They know what the fuck they're doing. They have a clue. And he didn't come out and say, and then he, and then finally came out and say, Oh, actually there was one time in Minnesota where they had a clue when Tom Thibodeau was the coach. (sighs) I'm sorry. I, I, it just gets me really frustrated because it's okay to be mad at certain things, but just keep it within reason. That's all. That's all. I'm sorry. Uh, now I'm going to talk about Emmanuel quickly. Cause we should be happy about Emmanuel quickly. He played, like I said, 30 minutes. Um, didn't have a great shooting night. He was only five for 13. Other than that huge three. Oh my God. I lost my shit when he had that three. Um, he was two for seven from three got to the line four times. Of course he made all four, um, seven assists. And for, I I feel like I could talk about a different thing every night with quickly. The thing I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, and it's because, you know, we've been, we've been a little, we've been a little critical of him. The one thing you could be critical of quickly on is he doesn't pass enough on these drives where he's just looking for the floater. Well, tonight, seven assists and, and, I've gone and watched all, I went back for whatever piece I wrote last week and watched most of Emmanuel quickly's assists this season. A lot of them were like cheap assists, you know, scores have been very generous this year. I think they feel bad for humanity after the year we've had these assists that tonight uh, quickly had, I noted at least three of them and there were maybe one more um, where he drove and it was a quick decision, kick out to the corner. And it was a, a converted three. That's, the thing that's going to make quickly get to the next level. Because as teams start to do whatever they're doing to try to take away his floater game and his drive game, all that other other stuff, as long as he can make that simple read. And I think the whole conversation about whether or not Emmanuel Quickly is a point guard or not, it's missing the point because he doesn't need to be a, you know, whatever you want to say, Chris Paul level uh, distributor or have that level of vision or anything of that nature. He just needs to make the right play. Um you know, and I think we saw him tonight repeatedly make the right play, and, and that's all you could want. And again, he's he we are seeing growth in real time from an NBA rookie. And yes, thank you, uh, Dub Dubuziness Dubziness. I don't know what that is. He would have had more assists if we could have hit our shots. Um, and and. Song also said IQ would have had more people shot threes. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He should have had probably eight or nine, if not more. Um, but, but you know, someone was texting me earlier today, and they texted me, uh, Tibs, Tibbs hates, t- hates playing the young guys, or he doesn't want to play the young guys. And he was referring to Knox and, I guess, Frank a little bit. And, and, and that's a, that, listen, that's a valid critique. Could, could Tibbs play young guys a little bit more? Sure. Again, you want to say that? that that's valid. But, <laughs> clearly, he has no problem playing young players that help him win basketball games. He Let's not pretend like he's being hard on young guys just to be a dick. He's being hard on young guys who don't help him win, and that gets into the discussion of, like, what's the most important thing for development? Um, you know winning games and you get your minutes where you get your win-, win minutes in the context of games that matter or let's give these guys more minutes and the games may not matter as much because we'll be losing them today or we'll be losing more of them now and they won't matter later in the season like those are those are philosophical questions that I, I'm not going to pretend that I know the answers to so I'm not going to talk about them but um short leash on the young guys yeah and look there's, he's not the only coach that does this. Most coaches do this. I mean, we, we we're all would build a statue to Jeff Van Gundy um, if we could. And he, you know, has talked a lot about Tibbs methods over the years. And he's like, yeah, you don't play young guys who don't deserve the time because that's how you tank accountability. Um anyway, uh my my lovely producer, Andrew Claudio, text me, potential question if you're looking to extend. I am looking to extend because I always talk. What did you see from Levine tonight? He was off, but showed up at the end as the closer. I think Zach Levine is one of the 10 most talented offensive players in the NBA. Zach Levine is not one of the 10 best players in the NBA. He's not one of the 20 best players in the NBA. Might be one of the 30 best players in the NBA. Maybe. Um, I think he has not yet found the correct situation for him. Um, wow. Thank you, C.T. Pittman. Uh, for, for, thank you for uh, for that. I really appreciate it. Wow. He's uber-athletic. Um, and here's the thing about Levine in the past. At, there have been times where you could point to the efficiency and be like, oh, clearly he's not helpful. He's, he's an inefficient player for all the amazing shots that he hits. He's efficient out the ass this year. So it's not the efficiency. Um, does he occasionally still make the poor decision? Yes. Is he a, a good defensive player at this point in his career? No. Right. I don't know why I said at this point in his career. He's never been a great <laughs> defensive player. Um, I think we can move past the point of, is Zach Levine a good basketball player? Um, Zach Santos asks, who would you trade for Levine? I'll, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. He is only 25 years old. And we saw Julius Randle, Julius Randle made a leap. He's 26 this year. Sometimes it happens later for some guys than others. Um, I I think the questions surrounding Levine are no longer about, is he a good basketball player or potentially helpful basketball player? I think it's a question of how much do you value him in terms of building a team? Do you think he could be the leading scorer on a championship caliber team, if not the best player? Um, Do you think he is a guy that, you know, if you have, I'm I'm just making up a name, you know, if you have Joel Embiid on your team, and and uh, Zach Levine is your second best player, what's your ceiling? I think I think we're at that point with Levine. So to answer the question, someone says he's not a winning player. Like I, I don't know. How, how do we know Zach Levine's not a winning player? He's the best player on a team that we watched that team tonight. What else does that team really have? Is Kobe White any good? Mm. I mean, Laurie Markkinen was hitting the shit out of everything, but you know, that's Lauren Martin has had a very uneven career to put it politely. Um, and he's not much on defense. I don't know who the Bulls' second best player tonight. Thad young, Garrett temple. Um, I, I understand Martin and obviously at 30, so he's the answer to that question, but, uh, Donovan Mitchell just tweeted this Dallas suns game is crazy. Um, okay. I guess I better go turn that on. um, yeah, Andrew Chen. You could you could say that Devin Booker isn't a winning player either. And I think he changed that narrative last year. And I think it doesn't take much to change the narrative. So what would I give up for Levine? Um, my God, it sounds insulting to say this. I was about to say I'll give up Knox, but like yay. Uh I I'd give up. What would I give up? Um, I mean a question the question comes down to would you give up this year's Dallas pick? Or Let me rephrase that. If you're Brock Aller, do you offer the lesser of the two picks that New York has this year? So here's how it would look. You could have the worst of the two picks. And you could even top ten it. Top top, top ten protect it. Say you could have the worst of the two, the two picks as long as they, one of them ends up outside the top 10. If both of them end up inside the top 10, then you don't get either pick. And then it rolls over to New York's pick next year. That's the best asset in the trade. That doesn't get it done. Chicago says no to that. Okay. If you give them that pick you want to give them that pick and the 2023 Dallas pick? I'm not giving up Obi. I see a few people saying Obi. I'm not giving up on Obi. First of all, stupid NBA teams trade players when their value is at its lowest. And whatever you th- I mean, unless you have come to a conclusion that Obi Toppin is already a bad basketball player, which I certainly haven't. Then his value is at its lowest right now. Let's wait to see him do some of the stuff we know he could do. Yeah, I know he's 22, but like he, he he took him a while to develop at Dayton. It's gonna take him a while to develop in the NBA. Let's give him a let's give give the kid 50 games. Um, so I'm giving up that pick. Do I offer that pick and the 2023 Dallas pick? Man, I'm giving up two first round picks for Zach Levine. I really don't want to do that. Really don't want to do that. But he's really good, and he's under contract next year, and he'd probably re-sign here. I don't know. This is a tough question. Um, over Overrativeness? These are creative names, man. That's still not enough, Macri. You're right. It's not enough. And yet other people don't want to do it. I don't know. But that, that's to, that to me, you're looking at something like that. You're looking at a first-round pick that Chicago feels like it's going to be a pretty good pick. They would have to have faith in Knox. Um, do we have anybody else that they want? Do they want Frank? Do they want Dennis Fitzgerald Jr.? Uh, you know, maybe one of the, maybe a couple of these seconds, um, the, uh, the, the are still cheap. You could, you could manipulate second round contracts. Maybe the Pistons pick this year. It's a possibility. I don't know. Um, here's the point. I don't think I'm going to give up enough for Chicago. I think they're going to want more than what I have to offer right now if I'm Leon Rose. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're trading for Zach Levine right now, but it's a good question. Um, uh, I'm not definitely not giving up Randall. I want to bring Levine here to pair with Randall. Um, and if they're trading, someone mentioned Burks. If they're trading Zach Levine, what are they gonna do with Burks? If they're trading Zach Levine, that means they're gonna tank this year. So I don't think they're gonna want any of our any of our veteran pieces. Um the refs just fuck the Suns. Oh no, I don't like to hear that. That doesn't make me happy. Um okay, I'm gonna take a couple more. Um someone says pull the trigger. Levine with quickly barrett, Randall, and Robinson would be a squad. It would be a squad. It would be a squad, but man, it would be a squad. It would be a squad. No, gotta be patient. Let's let's be a little patient. There's no need to trade for Zach Levine right now. There's no rush. Let's not rush it. We've we've tried to rush things in the past. They're doing things the right way here. Let's let's stay patient. Um, why would the Bulls trade him? That would make them the worst team in the league. That's why they trade him. They would trade him to become the worst team in the league and uh, get a head start on uh, fade for Cade Brigade, which if you're Chicago and you're a brand new regime, uh, Karnasovas, Billy Donovan, if anybody ever had an excuse to tank the season away and guarantee themselves a top five draft pick and a draft that's going to have a strong top five, it's them. Um, Jeremy asks, how is Rivers playing over Frank? When do we revolt? I don't know, man. Rivers has won them some games this year. Um, well, he, he outright won them one game, and he has been helpful. More. I think he, Rivers has been helpful or not, but you're, you're seeing what Rivers is. He's been a best player for most of his career for a reason. He's a he's um he, when he when he's off, he doesn't give you that much because although he does try hard on defense and he knows where to be on defense. I don't know. I don't think Rivers is the guy that loses his rotation spot to Frank. If, if I'm putting Frank in the rotation, I want to put him in place of Payton. Do I think they'll do that? No but that's what I would ask for. Um, The Knicks need to circle the magic, says Zeke Smith. I was looking at the magic earlier today. I was thinking about them yesterday, too. Terrence Ross, man, I think the magic would probably ask for too much for Terrence Ross, but if you want to talk about a guy that um, is like the rich man's version of Austin Rivers, it's Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross, I just mentioned Zach Levine and talked about what a good or as Clyde said, what a good bad shot maker he is. Terrence Ross makes some makes some bad shots. Um, he can help a team, uh, but I have a feeling a contender is probably going to deal something for Terrence Ross because he, he could swing a, a playoff series, I think. Uh, Obi Knox, two Dallas picks in two seconds. I, I'm not giving up on Obi, guys. Um, thoughts on signing Evan Fournier? I don't see him as a – I don't see him as a – I don't know. Doesn't strike me as a guy they're gonna go after. I'll we'll call that a gut feeling. Um, the Knicks should just Jonas Plout. The Knicks should just go for Oladipo. He would have a similar impact to Hayward. Oladipo continues to be the guy that I would go for because I think he'll he'll come at a cheaper cost than Levine. I think you could get Oladipo without giving up anything that that potentially is gonna hurt you. And um I think it just comes to, down to uh what do you do this summer when Oladipo says, Okay, you got me. Now give me uh Give me, uh, you know, give me five years. Give me a five-year match contract. Do you want to do that for Victor Oladipo? Because that's what he's going to want. And if you don't give it to him, he might leave. Macri, don't ever talk about Devin Booker again. What What? What? What bad thing did I say about Devin Booker? Did Devin Booker just win the game? I, see, I can't watch the game because I'm doing this from my studio slash laundry room. Booker, come back to Kentucky, baby. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess Devin Booker just won the game. Okay, um, well, thank you, Devin Booker. I have, for the record, I've never said anything bad about Devin Booker. All I said was that his his reputation was as a losing player before last year. Um, I love Devin Booker. You want to talk about? Um, you want to talk about a guy that I would give up way too much for? It's Devin Booker. Um, are we a twenty six win team, Macri? Um, I think I predicted twenty six wins for them this season. No, I think we're a thirty win team. So I was wrong. Um, man, don't ask me what I would give up for Devin Booker. Um, and thank you, Phoenix. Oh wait, the game isn't over yet. Oh okay, maybe I shouldn't praise them yet. Um, why does T- Okay, I gotta get out of here because I gotta write a newsletter for tomorrow. <laughs> um, why does uh, Tibbs love Bullock so much? He can't shoot to save his life. He loves Bullock because he's dependable on on defense. He knows where to be. He's usually his effort's always there on defense. He doesn't make mistakes on defense. He's not perfect, but he doesn't make mistakes. Tibbs loves those types of guys. And um, he's a 38% career three point shooter coming into the season. Um, he's just been slumping. So that's why he loves him. Sons Mavs final. All right. Thank you, Andrew, for updating that. Uh, Luca looks pissed. Mavs downfall coming. What would I do if Luca, if Luca, thought, oh my God. If as we near. Or as we pass, rather, the two-year anniversary of the Porzingis trade. What would you do if if Shams tweeted out tomorrow afternoon, Luka Doncic has called a meeting with Mavs ownership this afternoon. His reps say he is not happy. Sources indicate he's not happy. What would we all do? I would just go – I would run around naked in the snow. That's what I would do. I don't know what you would do. Maybe I would put on a bathing suit first. Um, give them Spike Lee and the Garden. Um, yeah, if luca gets hurt, it's a, it's a, it might be a top five pick, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh God, I'd give up. I'd give up my, uh, no, I can't say I would give up my firstborn because I do, I, I like, I like my child. She's a wonderful child. Um, all right. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here. I got, I'm, I'm out of steam. Thank you. I can't thank everybody for making these so much fun. Um, these are really great. I, they are therapeutic for me. If they're therapeutic for you, all the better. Um, I'm sorry if I piss anybody off because I went on a rant tonight. I'll give you a good rant every now and then. I don't know if I'm right. It is what it is. And uh, I will see everybody uh, Wednesday Wednesday after the Bulls game, which hopefully they win. So, um, yeah. And um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're not already, please. Thank you. And uh, look out for newsletter tomorrow. And uh, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, adios.